0: We're in their backyard anyways, taking care of their pool, right? Mm -hmm. So why not offer them more services? What else can we do for them? The way we pitch it is we take care of everything in your backyard that is not alive. I'm not going to touch plants, trees, grass, that sort of stuff. We go in, we do the patios, we do the furniture, we do the kitchen area. We take care of all that stuff. The biggest compliment I got is they love it because they're using their backyard a lot more. Because before, it's always dusty here. It's always dirty, right? So now they can always go outside and it's always clean.
1: Welcome back to the Pool Chasers Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Viafania, joined by my co host, Justin the Bearded Plumber Bowie. Yes, sir. Today we have a very special guest and local guest. Dean Olette of Big Family Pools. Thanks for joining us, Dean. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Glad
2: you didn't screw that up. <laughs>
1: I wanted to say omelette. I'm so
2: sorry, but... <laughs> well, I've heard uh, that before plenty of times. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure you have. Did you have to get a, a pre, like a, how do, I, how do I pronounce this correctly prior to? Since the beginning, I
0: had omelette, like the picture of an omelette in my <laughs> in my head. I'm like, don't say it. Well, he said it wrong, if that matters. <laughs> really? Did it? How, oh, do you, I'm sure, how do you say it? It's actually pronounced Ouellette let' Willet. There you go. Willette. There you go. I like it's that. French. I've got a
2: good record.
1: Yeah. I've messed up every single last name uh, that's ever <laughs> been announced on the
0: podcast.
1: <laughs> Want a good one. What happened to all the Joneses and uh Smith Smiths in the uh in the world? Not Funny. the blue industry, man. But we're super excited to have you here. You know, I've known about uh you and the company for years, but uh more so lately and you just took on a massive pool that we've talked about on the podcast, uh, by Red Rock in, uh, Paradise Valley and, you know, seeing you over there. I'm like, dude, if anybody's taking care of this pool property, they must know what they're doing. So really excited to talk about what you got going on. Or they fake it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> right. That'd be a difficult one. to fake. you got to fake Rick and, uh, the pool, that wouldn't be easy to do. <laughs> but, um, so can you give us sort of a bird's eye view of just, you
0: know, how and why you got into the business? Sure. It was kind of a weird situation. Um, I have had several careers over the years. Uh, basically, I go through like a 10-year cycle. And uh, after 10 years as a full-time real estate agent, had some success and I got burnt out. I got sick of chasing that lead and that next deal. And I got completely burnt out. I took basically a year off to deal with some family situations that we were going through. And, uh, then I started running out of money and I'm like, all right, I need a new career. So I actually had a podcast, um, in about Chandler, right around Chandler, it was called. And I interviewed people from around Chandler and, uh, Cassie from CDC pools. She was on the podcast and we were talking afterwards and she's like, you know, what are you going to, you still do real estate? I'm like, no, I'm looking for something else. She's like, have you thought of pools? I'm like, well, it's weird that you think that you mentioned that. Because I have thought of that as an idea. I had my own pool. I had it for a decade. I took care of it. So I thought I knew everything about pools, right? <laughs> and uh, she's like, well, talk to my, my fiance. He owns a service company. He's looking to hire. So I talked to him. He was a great guy. Helped me out a lot at the beginning. And uh, he offered me a job and I was going to take it. Then I'm very much an entrepreneur type. So I said, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm just going to do it on my own. So I opened up an LLC, called it Big Family Pools, because I have a big family, and uh, I had a a bunch of real estate contacts. So I messaged all those real estate contacts on Facebook. I said, hey, I don't know if you know this, but I recently decided to let go of the real estate business, and I have a pool service company. I had it for about 10 minutes, but I didn't have to tell them that. (laughs) And that day, I had a friend of mine who's a real estate agent said, hey, can you do an acid wash? I said, absolutely. Went to YouTube, Googled, how do you do an acid and Came out great. <laughs> Classic. That's crazy. Were you doing a little bit of real estate
1: while getting into the pool service business? Just to kind of supplement.
0: You know, I I, I kind of looked at doing that, but I, I just, the getting that next deal in real estate is a job. And I, I just lost the drive to do it. I, I was just ready for a change. So I actually, while I was getting started, I was doing Uber Eats and DoorDash and that sort of stuff just to make some money. Uh, but it literally took me about a month and I was full-time. Nice. How long have you been doing it for? Five years. Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought you had been doing it longer. No, I five years. Uh, I, I'm that type of personality when I'm interested in something, I'm going to dive in and learn everything I can about it. Uh, education is extremely important to me. Finding mentors who have done this before and can save me steps because they've done it before has been really, really important to me and it's kind of how I get to where I am. But I started getting into the chemistry part of it and really diving deep. Uh, Joe Michik, uh Painless Pool Care, who you've had on the podcast, he was a big mentor to me, really teaching me chemistry and helped me work through that.
1: Yeah, Joe's awesome.
2: So did you mostly, <clears throat> so you started out with that acid wash and then just get more leads through that or were you finding leads other places or how'd you end up getting rolling?
0: Well, when I started, uh, I had a, One of my prior careers, I was an auto mechanic. Mm. So I know how to fix things. Uh, I can figure things out mechanically. And I wanted to do repairs. I didn't want to do chemistry services. I wanted to do repairs. So uh, most of my early work was prepare work. And then I went to Thumbtack and I used that service. And I signed up for that. And I started getting leads. Uh, Of course, I was the new guy. So I was charging, you know, Dirt cheap prices to get to just to get the work early on. And I started getting more and more uh, reviews on Thumbtack and I started creating more and more work out of it. Started getting more and more from real estate agents and it just took off. And then eventually got to the point where uh, people who were mentoring me told me, Hey, if you want leads for uh, repairs, you really should have service accounts too. So after about three or four months, I finally got my first service account.
2: Nice. I used Thumbtack recently for the first time for some furniture assembly.
0: Yeah. I didn't even know that was
2: there, but that's pretty cool. What Do they do they charge you like a uh, like a percentage of your or how do they get paid?
0: Yeah, it, it was just uh, so if you want to get ranked higher, you pay them a little bit. It's really not that much. Uh, okay, it, it's really really small. Um, and then they take a small percentage of yeah. the job, but so it, it was very affordable. Uh, if you're getting into the business, you're looking to get going, it was a great way to get work. That's cool. Right on feel
1: like you have to be very careful recently heard of an hvac company that dominated on i think it was thumbtack for many years and uh, they changed some type of algorithm he had the most reviews and had the most everything and they made uh, some change uh, some changes you know uh to the platform wide and ended up syncing him and he was like getting only like 25 percent of the leads it
2: he was before so he was and, dependent on it and then it cut the stream yeah
1: and that's the only reason why I bring that up. You, you know, totally should look into it, but don't let that be the only, you know, it's just like Instagram or anything else you hear about people that, you know, if they sell art or they sell photos or plumbing or whatever it may be. And if you're just focusing on Instagram and you're getting all these likes and follows, and then, you know, they change the algorithm and you're not coming up anymore and you depended on just that, you know, you're kind of, you're
0: kind of screwed. Yeah, it's probably been three, three and a half years. Because I've been in, been on there, so I can't even say if that really is as effective as it used to be.
1: Yeah. yeah. How come you
2: stopped using it?
0: Because I get busy. It was kind of like launching pad. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was. And one of the one of the things I had to do, because you were up against, you know, it was one of those things where it went out to like three or four pool guys. So you had to be cheap. Sure. It, you couldn't be a higher price on most of these jobs and get them. So after I, you know, just got some experience and I had a steady flow of business, I'd stop using it.
2: Why'd you start using thumbtack? I I just Googled literally one day, like, you know, because we were in a pinch. You were busy. I was busy. And I was like, I just need this shit put together. It was just all that furniture from Uline. line. Oh. And I like Googled it. It landed me a thumbtack. Mm. How'd that work out? It was good. Well, there you go. <laughs> it works sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I dig it.
1: So you said you had a podcast. Crazy. Didn't know that. What was
0: the podcast about? Real estate? Bah. I've had a couple of podcasts. Uh, I did. Of course one... you have. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did one called Final Surge, which is a, a running company. Um, I'm a high school cross-country coach. I've been for 12 years, uh, pretty active in the community. And it's a running company that makes a piece of software. So I used to interview professional runners and coaches and that sort of thing. Uh, probably did 150, 200 episodes with that. And then my local one was called Around Chandler. And it's when I was, after my burnout phase, I decided I was probably going to get back into real estate. I needed to look to do something different. I was trying to become more community-based. So I started a podcast and Instagram page just about the city of Chandler, the businesses, people.
1: Nice. That's awesome. I forgot we had that little uh, banter on Instagram about, um, you know, the, what are they called? The ultra, ultra marathon runners. Yeah. And uh, you made a book recommendation. It's cool. I've been running for, I think, six, eight months or something like that now. And it's the best thing I've ever done. It's, it's so addicting. It never gets any easier. It's like always... I hate it. It always sucks. Like every day, it's like... You know, and sometimes, uh, I think I was telling you, Justin, that sometimes the whole entire run sucks. You know what I mean? Sometimes it just it just does. And then sometimes after the first mile, it just seems to get easier. Two miles. It's a little bit easier third mile. It's like, dude, this is really weird. And then other days you're just like, dude, I'd rather be doing anything in the world, but doing this.
0: Yeah, but it's funny, at least for me, when you get done that run, you never regret that you went on it. Like, oh, like before yeah. you go on the run or go running today, but after you're done, it's not one of those things where you regret going. So, do you have a quick suggestion for anybody that you know wants
1: to get into running? I mean, it's got to be really difficult. People that, especially like. Justin, like crazy busy all the time. I don't. I can't see you running.
2: I see you more as like a weightlifter. I, I have a legit running question because you know what stops me from running is I get shin splints. How do you stop shin splints?
0: That is a form. Is so, a, so first of all, you got to make sure you have good shoes, right? Okay. You have good running shoes, not just cheap shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is very much a form and ankle mobility. A lot of people who uh, have shin splints don't have great ankle mobility. There's actually a test that you can do to see how your ankle mobility is and it's something that you can work on.
1: Okay. I think it's also a so it time too. To. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of, like I stretch probably 20 minutes before, you know, I do it. And sometimes if I'm like circuit training, like I'll do five, six miles, but I'll break it in two and a half and do something else in between. But if you stretch really good and sometimes it just takes time, like you start getting those shin splints, like sometimes you just got to kind of pace yourself a little bit, walk, and over time, like your body's not used to running in the beginning, it's it's going to suck. Like there's going to be all kinds of things that, I remember my shoulders hurting in the beginning. I'm like, why? My shoulder hurting. It's like, dude, you ain't done shit for <laughs> a very long time, man. Everything's going to hurt. Your ears are going to hurt. Your head's going to hurt. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, it's awesome. So the podcast you did, you did on running and then you said you had a second one.
0: Okay, yeah. Lure. We're on around Chandler where I was basically talking to community leaders and you know, interview like the mayor and local business owners and that sort of stuff. Just very specific to Chandler, Arizona. Kind of like highlighting businesses. And I had an Instagram page that went along with it, where we would give giveaways. We'd have contests. Do you know where this? I take a picture of something in Chandler. It could be a statue. It could be a door in downtown Chandler or something like that. That contest, and we'd have uh, local local shops give away you know, gift cards for the contest. That sort. Of thing. Was that a funnel for real estate leads? That's what it was planning on being, yeah. Did it do that or no? Uh, I didn't do it long enough. I probably only did it for five or six months on that one. Um, I I enjoyed, especially the Instagram side of it, I really enjoyed that page. But then, again, once I got really busy with pool stuff, all that stuff just kind of fell to the side.
1: Yeah, it
2: takes a lot, that's for sure. Were you doing all the editing and everything yourself? All the editing. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a lot a lot to do plus work it's crazy
0: so are you still in the field right now uh no I'm sitting on your couch right now (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah I'm still in the field um I don't I don't do cleaning in a lot of pools um the big one obviously I'm there one day a week uh I we have that new program the backyard butler I'm kind of working on that because we're trying to develop the systems and that sort of stuff but I do have uh three full time techs and an office manager working for me now.
2: Can you talk about the background butler? Because I've seen your hashtag and I saw, you know, some posts recently and I'm kind of understanding what's going on, but can you kind of break that down for the listeners what that is exactly? I think it's really cool, uh, really interesting uh whole project. So
0: Yeah, so we call it my backyard butler and actually have a domain, mybackyardbutler.com that basically points to my website right now. But What we do is we, we're in their backyard anyways, taking care of their pool, right? Mm -hmm. So why not offer them more services? What else can we do for them? The way we pitch it is we take care of everything in your backyard that is not alive. I'm not going to touch plants, trees, grass, that sort of stuff. We go in, we do the patios, we do the furniture, we do the kitchen area. We take care of all that stuff. The biggest compliment I got is they love it because they're using their backyard a lot more because before it, it, it's always dusty here, it's always dirty, right? So now they can always go outside and it's always clean. It is such a process
2: for me before I can even use the space to clean everything, set everything up, that's so interesting. What, it,
0: what is that? Give us an idea of what that costs. Is that expensive? Like what we charge for it? Yeah. So uh, we do a two-man crew on the, when we do the backyard butler and one person will start in the pool, one person will start with cleaning, then they'll both finish cleaning and we charge $180 an hour. Plus chemicals for both guys, so yeah, okay. Oh, plus chemicals, like cleaning chemicals. Uh, no, plus the pool, the pool chemicals. Okay, okay, the cleaning chemicals are included, uh, but but we're also taking care of everything, right? So if something small is broken, we, we want to fix it for them, right? So I had an example is I was cleaning a, a kitchen area in a um in a in a sunken kitchen area, and the I was cleaning the barbecue grill, and the little thermometer gauge had a crack on it. So I asked him, you know, do you want me to take care of that for you? He's like, you'll do that? I'm like, sure. We take care of everything that's not alive. So I got him a new gauge. I was able to make a little bit of money on it. And, you know, he's really happy. So 180 an hour plus chemicals. So
2: you're going in the backyard, you're doing, so that's encompassing the pool cleaning. So you don't have like, it's not like you're billing them
0: for the pool cleaning separately. The, it's all one thing. It's all one thing. And he, here's what I love about it. So we're, we're servicing a pool and let's say we're there 25 minutes on average every week. So we're there 25 minutes a week, and then we have those seven, eight, nine weeks in the summer or in the winter when leaves are falling, where a monsoon comes through or something, and you're there an hour. So with our business model, we're not a we'll finish it over two or three weeks. We're going to make that pool clean and spotless before we leave. So if I'm there for an hour now just cleaning the pool, I'm getting paid for my time. Mm. So we're getting that time that we're actually spending at the pool. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. If one gets done first, do they help out the other? Or? Yes. So, so the person to take care of the pool is always going to get done first, um, and and then they help finish up whatever the cleaning. So, right right now, because again, this is a newer service, three months old, maybe uh, we're working out our, our our system. Basically, we're trying to figure out how does this work best. So, right now, it's me and one of my guys. Um, and we go to the, we go there, he starts on the pool. I start in the backyard, then he finishes. And we kind of develop the system where every property is a little different, but I start doing the deck and spraying that down right away. Then I'll do the back windows. Then when he's done, he starts vacuuming the furniture. We kind of have a system where we just go there and we just do it now. Can somebody
2: ask, um, maybe you haven't come across this yet, but can somebody say, Hey, I don't want that backyard part every week. I want the pool. Two weeks and then I want, you know, like every other week or. So we will do Backyard Butler either weekly or every other week. Yeah. That's awesome. I like that. It's a great concept.
1: Have you um, been able to find a software that works for both of those?
0: We're using pool service software and it has customizations that we can put in a checklist for all the stuff that we need to accomplish.
1: So does a team, do they wear Butler outfits? I could
0: imagine like Alfred from Batman just like... With a pool full? Yeah. You need a thermometer? <laughs> Not yet, but after I'm done doing it, maybe. <laughs>
1: it's awesome. So what are some of the uh, other services or packages uh, that you offer?
0: Uh, so our, our basic pool service is we call it a high-end, all-inclusive service. So a Backyard Butler is separate from that. If they don't want Backyard Butler we don't offer a variety of services. We have one service. Again, we call it a high-end, all-inclusive service. So if, uh, one of the things I talk about when I go into a backyard is, first of all, they have to know before I get there that we're significantly more expensive than our competitors. So I have to have that conversation with them on the phone because early on, I was just wasting a lot of time in backyards. So now they know that we're going to be a much higher price. And a lot of my Clients are coming for referrals now anyway, so they kind of know that coming into it. But I have to be able to show them why we're charging so much more. So if an average, uh, just a basic average pool, if somebody accompanies in and out of there in seven, eight minutes, we're probably there for 20 minutes. It's very rare that we're not at a pool for at least 20 minutes. Um, so, of course, we're doing less pools during the day, so we kind of have to be at a, at a higher price. Uh, we're also all inclusive on that pool service, which means all the filter cleans, all the salt cell cleans, all the chemicals, they're all included. Now, I've worked out a matrix. Now, you you probably have heard this before from Rich Gallo. Um, I heard Rich Gallo on your podcast. He said, call me up if you got any questions. I called him up. He became my mentor. I've been out there to visit him. I talked to him earlier today. We talk all the time. And a lot of these things, I didn't invent these. Uh, they're his ideas, right? The all-inclusive service. So the I have a spreadsheet, which is a pricing matrix that he talks about. So I can go to my spreadsheet. I put in how many gallons it is, how many filters there are, how many heaters there are, because we're doing a yearly heater tune-up on that thing. Um, so we charge for all that. We just put it in our, our, in our monthly price. So we're breaking it up over the course of 12 months. So we're not charging three times a year, $150 for filter cleans. We get it built in. That way the client loves it because um, they know what their bill is going to be. The only time it ever changes is if they have a repair. And if it's a small repair under $100, we just take a picture of it and add it to the next invoice. If it's bigger than that, we'll get their approval to do it. But the clients love it because they know if my bill is three hundred and fifty eight dollars a month, it's three hundred and fifty eight dollars a month every single month, unless it's a repair. That's awesome yeah.
1: That's really cool that you know you heard you know Rich on the podcast and actually you know did something about it. I mean, you've only been in business for five years. I mean, did something happen, or at what point in your journey in pool service and repairs did you think like wow? I need to be making more money, or I need to charge more. Like, what happened, and how did you even get started? So, how'd you find us?
0: <laughs> so, I, I did podcasts, right? So, I've always listened to podcasts. I have for a long time. So, the first one of the first things I started doing when I got in this business is search for podcasts. And David Van Brent was the first one that I found. Of course, it's hard not to find David, right? So, I joined David's group, and David has that group like ten bucks a month. It has all these forums. You can ask questions. They can answer your questions. And that was a great way for a new guy who knew absolutely nothing about pools to have a resource to find out, hey, this is going on. What should I look at? And people were really quick to jump in and say, check this, check this, check that. So when I found David, uh, I like I said, I love the education part of it. So I always kept looking, how can I make this better? When I started out, I was $100 a month, just like every other guy five years ago. And uh, I started looking at, okay, what's better testing equipment? Well, you know, I found the LSI uh, through Arenda and I started looking into that. I started becoming really educated on that and diving deep. And I just kept diving deeper and deeper into these things. So then I started offering, you know, I was spin spin touch spinning, a- after about a year or so, um, I started spinning every pool every single week. I started doing LSI in every pool every week, and I started looking at all the ways to you know add value to the clients. And uh, John uh, JJ Flawless on uh, Instagram has another podcast. Um, I was talking to him one day, and he's like, "How much are you charging right now?" I'm like, "I'm pretty good. I'm like 150 a month right now." He's like, "Dude, you're way you're way under selling yourself." I'm like, "Well, you don't understand. We're in Phoenix. There are a thousand pool guys in Phoenix." just in my town, right? There's probably 10,000 of us in the valley. He's like, I'm from Southern California. I understand that. He's like, you're way undercharging. He's like, the next pool that you go into, you're going to tell them it's $200 a month. I'm like, you're crazy. There's no way someone's going to pay me $200 a month. So the next pool that, the next call I got, I went there, walked in the backyard. It was a 12,000 gallon play pool. I told him everything I was going to do. I told him how I was different. He said, How much? I said, $200 a month. He's like, Can you start today? Mm -hmm. I was like, Okay, this worked. Um, So, but, you know, John taught me that I need to go in there and I need to build value. I can't just do the same thing that everyone else does and charge twice as much because I'm not worth that, right? You have to be adding value and making it so that you're worth whatever you're charging. So then I got a quick belief, okay, this can be done. I started having success and I just kept rolling with it. So, you're getting all this education. Has it been difficult
1: to, you know, you personally getting the education and then passing that off to your
0: team? Uh, that That's the hardest part because at, as a business owner, you with know, my personality, I have my earbuds in my head all day. Either I'm listening to a podcast or an audiobook all day long when I'm in the field. Um, and I thrive at trying to learn something new every day. And with your guys, I mean, it's a job, right? We, we I, I would love for them to all want to go home and watch YouTube videos into one o'clock in the morning, but that's not going to happen. So it's hard to try to have them have that same take on it as you have. But what I try to do is, you know, develop systems, and I'm working on this right now, getting better at it, working systems that are written down This is what you do in this situation. If this happens, this is what you do so that everything is very standardized. And, uh, you know, every week we have a meeting on Friday morning. It's just a 15 or 20 minute meeting. And I'll always have one or two bullet points. You know, we'll we'll go over pH or we'll go over alkalinity or CYA, or we'll go over something, um, and talk about a situation. Then I always take notes during the week. You know, one of the guys calls me and says, Hey, I'm running into this situation. I'll put it down in my notes so that when we get to the meeting on Friday, I have something else that we can discuss. Hey, if you see your your pop-ups are not working, let's talk about diagnosing them and what we need to do to figure out what's wrong. Cool. What area do you service? Well, as I, I say the East Valley. Um, it, it Basically, my area has become huge since I started working with builders. I started working with builders a lot. And you have to go where they are. So basically, I'm anywhere in the East Valley from way north, Scottsdale, down to Queen Creek. And we we kind of have, as the business has changed and evolved, you know, I sold off uh, 130 pools this year, um, trying to get uh, my business so it's more uniform. And I've ended up kind of having a pocket up in North Scottsdale a pocket in Paradise Valley and a pocket in Queen Creek South Gilbert those kind of become like three pockets i get a little bit in between but not a whole lot who are the builders you're working for mostly um i, I work with a few builders uh red rock being one uh shorewood being another Sherwood outdoors and liquid evolution right. and and then a few of the uh smaller builders who you know do 15 20 pools a year right. um but the, some of them uh, like red rock and liquid and those Sort companies are very high-end right. pools that they're building. Right on.
1: This episode is brought to you by Lion Financial. Offer your customers the industry's best financing options and sell more pools. Lion Financial's low rates and long terms give your clients more buying power by making a pool affordable, one low monthly payment at a time. They offer unsecured loans with low fixed rates, terms up to 30 years, single loan amounts up to $200,000, options for credit scores of 640 plus, and no 6% consulting fees like other finance sources charge your customers. Lion Financial pays builders directly, ensuring payment on time and in full. Call 877-754-5966 or visit lionfinancial.net today. All right, now back to the episode.
2: Speaking of high in pools, so obviously you're taking care of Biltus, which, like Greg said, we've talked about on here a couple of
0: times. would love to hear a little bit about that, how that's going, what that looks like. Well, we've been on site for a month now, and uh, everything's going fine. Of course, that first month is always getting it dialed in. Now, uh, Ken for Red Rock had it pretty much dialed in for that first month, and we've been on for the second month. Uh, a few small little things that we've had to take care of, but it was pretty much ready to go, and it's, uh, it's a beast. I mean, you have a pool that big. Uh, it has... So it has the main pool, it has the small basin pool below, and then it has the river. And at first, we're like, okay, this is two bodies of water, although there is some some combination with a big, tall wall um, on the spillway that there is getting a little cross-contamination. But we're really finding out It is separate pools and the river itself, even though it's connected to the main pool, is almost like a complete separate body of water. Uh, The chemistry is completely different there than the main pool. So we've kind of had to make some adjustments there and how we're treating it. And um, we have two guys on site three days a week and then I'm there one day a week. And uh, it's, uh, it's basically a big commercial pool in someone's backyard. What do you guys, are you guys doing
2: anything with the shark stuff or they got a guy there full time, right? Yeah. I guess I want to take care of that. Yeah. You guys just wheeling in big drums of chemicals on that thing or what? Like what's the chemical usage like?
0: Uh, So right now it's, we're going through about six gallons a day. Um, Liquid chlor? Liquid chlorine, right? Right now, this time of year, that's fine. When we get to the summer, it's going to be completely different beast you know, I expect that we're going to be going through probably about 80 to 100 gallons a week at that point. Uh, but yeah, they, they have chemical automation on it uh, and telecams. So we got barrels that we're going to be filling. Though, those aren't all 100% operational yet. They wanted to wait a little bit longer before they fill those. So yeah. Right now we're just dumping by hand.
1: Yeah, that's a lot considering it's, you know, the water is probably what, 50, 60 degrees?
0: Yeah, about 60 degrees right now.
1: I'll double that in yeah. August. Yeah, sure. <laughs>
2: What's your total gallonage there? Do you know? Uh three hundred and sixty eight thousand gallons. Between river, main pool, lower pool? Yeah. Crazy.
1: Dude, when I was there and I actually met uh Dean I was there last, I could not believe how deep that pool was. Oh yeah, I seen it with fifteen, right? Fifty I think it's seventeen. Is it? I think that was twenty seventeen. seventeen. <laughs> it looks so deep. It's yeah. it's insane. And I remember when it was, you know, just getting done with shot and it was massive. But looking at it, you know, from the from the top
2: down, it's like is insane do you guys take care of the indoor spa
0: yeah we take care of that also yeah yeah then you got a whole nother right indoor there. spa is basically a cold plunge right now is it it's like 42 degrees every week when there. why because he's got he's got the chiller on it oh he's, it, running it yeah, he's running it that way yeah he's running it that way to make it a cold plunge oh wow super random but um doing a pre-site yesterday
1: uh for a gas heater right yeah Uh, this older gentleman He's a scientist of uh, chemicals and different things like that. He's probably like 80 years old or something like that. And he had these uh, inflatable snakes in his, in his pool. And he's like, you know, I have those. And I was like, look cool. I don't know. You like snakes? And he's like, they're for ducks. And I was like, really? And he's like, I had a crazy duck problem. And so did some of the neighbors and did some research. And, um, I kind of, Wanted to see if this would work. Nobody else had done it, but I put these in the pool. Never seen another duck ever again. And so did other people. Like, I took a picture of it to show you.
2: But I was tripping out. How big are, are these? Like life-looking snakes, or do they just like? You do look.
1: They don't look real. I mean, maybe because I'm a, a scaredy cat. Maybe I might. I might get scared. But uh, they're just. They look like inflatable, like little snakes, are probably like three feet long or something. But I was like, oh, that's that's interesting.
0: Yeah, seems that would work. I
1: don't know. Why I guess it's a scarecrow for ducks. Yeah. Who knows?
2: Who's had a duck problem? I know, I mean I know bird problems, bee problems. We've got a duck
0: problem. Oh, there's duck problems out there for sure. Is there? Yeah, we, we see it on services, a couple of pools now and then. They don't have it year round, but yeah. a couple for a couple of weeks during I don't even remember when they're coming, but a couple of weeks a year they'll have ducks in the pool. Yeah
1: r of pv McCormick Ranch, Gany Ranch for sure.
0: Because they're probably chilling on the golf course out.
1: Yeah, and they're, you know, shitting in the pool, and they're making yeah. a big mess on the deck and all
0: that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, Jason Merrill, who's with Freedom Pools, another yeah. builder that I work with. Uh, I took care of his pool when I showed up there one day, and he had a duck and, like, six baby ducks in the pool. And yeah, we had to build a ramp to get them all out. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's awesome. No, it wasn't. No, not for you, but I mean, for
2: nature, that's great. So on back to that built this one. So you're there three days a week. Are you guys, what does that look like? Are you guys like brushing it, vacuuming it?
0: Or are you, what are you doing during that time you're there? Yeah. So we've uh, broken it up uh, into sections. Um, I have a checklist. So the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday checklist. And every day we're checking chemicals, dosing chemicals, and then we have broken it up into sections. Because remember that that lazy river is 1,000 feet long. Yeah. And when you say it's 1,000 feet long, that's 1,000 feet times two because there's two walls on that thing. Right. So uh, the brushing we've broken up into days. Uh, everything's getting brushed once, twice, uh, depending on the area, uh, a week. And uh, there are nine filters on that. So basically we're cleaning a filter every single week. Um, and then... Uh, We have, um, do you have to do anything with the river flow pumps? Do they just test run them or anything? Okay. So so that's, that's another thing we're doing. So we run it every day, every, not every day. We run it every week to make sure that everything's working. Also to get everything moving in there really well. Right. And then they also have the vaults that those pumps are in. Right. So we have to test, uh, they have a sump pump in each one of those vaults and there's a fan in each one of those vaults. So those are things that we need to test and monitor also. What about the wave, the flow rider? No. Nothing? Not doing anything with that. So. Cleaning up the mess. Just, and use, and... just using it, right? <laughs> cleaning it up make the a mess? mess? It, oh, it makes a mess. It is, blows dirt all out into that lazy river area every time. Use really? It. Yeah. Dirt that's just collecting underneath Under, it? It must be underneath it. Yeah. We can't really get to underneath it. Right. Um, There are in floors underneath here to help clean it, but. Yeah. There's it, some areas that it must not be getting because every time he uses it, blows it blows in. How is um? Were you there for the startup process on that? Like, is it? How does he operate that? Is it simple? Like, can he go out and turn it on? He can go out and turn that on. Yeah. Is it just a couple switches or something? Uh, I ha- I haven't seen yeah how he does it, but yeah. That's
2: Crazy. I'd like to see how that looks.
1: Yeah, I would think it'd probably be using the app
0: or something, right? I would assume so. Yeah.
1: How's it been uh, with the lazy river? Is there anything different? I mean, is it running all day? Is there anything different because? Of
0: the way the water is being circulated? So it's going all day, but then they have the jets that really make it go fast, right? Um, And the jets are adding a lot of turbulation and that sort of stuff. So we don't want those going all the time, obviously. And uh, then, of course, the go-kart goes underneath there. So there's actually a couple sump pumps underneath the lazy river that we have to clean out and check on those uh, sump pumps also.
1: What are some things that you know people taking on you know these luxury properties, what should you be mindful of? I mean, do you have something that like on your checklist, like reminders of you know contacting property manager or you know, because there's so many things that could go wrong there. It really depends
0: on the property. Every property is different. Uh, some of them have property managers, some of them the owners just want to be notified directly. Uh, what's going on there. Uh, but the most important thing on these um, high-end bulls is attention to detail. The people the, the people who have these bulls obviously have a lot of money. That doesn't mean they want to be wasting their money. So they're willing to pay a lot for really good service. Um, and, and that's what we're really finding is, is if you go in there and you give them the absolute best service you can, have good communications. And with the communications, you have to find out what they want. Some people don't want weekly reports. They don't want those constant updates. They just want to know when something's wrong or when you got to be a property or that sort of thing. So we find out beforehand with the client, what are they expecting? What would make their perfect experience? And then we try to implement that. So if they want to know, I want you to give me an hour heads up every time you're coming. Some people's like, I don't care. Just come here, clean the pool. We cater to them and to their needs. And they, we, we have a motto that I always tell my guys every Friday morning is that good enough is not good enough. If you look at the pool and you're like, yeah, it's good enough. That is not good enough for what we're trying to accomplish. We want that thing to be absolutely spotless and flawless. And, uh, well, and another thing I tell my guys is one of the least important things that we do is clean the pool, right? We want to make sure all the equipment's working. All, there's no leaks. We take care of all that stuff. We want to make sure the chemistry is spot on at all times. Cleaning the pool is, is is something else that we do, but it's it's not nearly as important as those other things on the health of the the water and the and for the bather. But it's the thing that they notice, right? They're going to go out there, they notice that leaf, they notice that little dirt in the corner. Is that a big deal? Oh, not not really. But when they see that, and that's what they think they're paying for is the cleaning of the pool, you got to make sure it's perfect. Mm. Yeah, I would think
1: a uh, client like that, you know, doesn't want to be bugged about a lot of stuff, but having a contract that's very clear that, you know, we take care of x body of waters and it has all these filters, pumps, this is exactly what you're getting so that expectation is set and that you're going to be looking after that stuff 3-4 days a week.
0: Um do you have a contract for all of that stuff? So we we, we have a service agreement. Okay, and I've kind of actually, Rich Gallo helped me with a service agreement. I took a look at his, and I used to have like a six-page service agreement that I had developed early on that was pretty detailed. And uh, I, I've I've learned over time that I didn't need that. I could take a lot of that stuff and make it a bullet point and really get across what I needed to do. And then what we do is uh, we have that we have the service agreement. We put in the property, the client's name. The amount is going to be all those information that needs. And then I have them docusign it. I sense it would be a sign. So then later on, when they have a question, say, hey, what's going on with this? You know, per our service agreement, which you signed. You see, most of these uh,
1: clients that when things go wrong, like your job is to just make sure it gets fixed, charge a card on file. I just want to be able to go to my pool at all times and everything works, no excuses. Like they go to their pool and it's not getting heated or something like that. It's like, why am I even, you know, this thing needs to be performing all the time.
0: This is something, absolutely. This is something that you, we really need to work with our guys on, right? Is we've had some employees who haven't worked out, obviously. And one of the things that we find that they're skipping is really inspecting that equipment, looking for those leaks, looking for the, the pressure gauge just leaking just a little bit, Right. Um, they look at it. They don't think it's a big deal. They don't report it to me. It never gets taken care of. And then the client goes out there and sees it and says, hey, I have a leak at my equipment. And they think it's like something major. It's not something major, but to them, it's something that they know is not right. Why I'm paying you guys a lot of money. Why are you not taking care of it? So that's a training thing uh, that I'm always working on trying to get better. Uh, I have a friend, uh, Colin Parrish at Desert Blue Pools. And, uh, we, we talk a lot of shop stuff and that's one thing he's always tried to push me on is getting better at noticing that stuff and doing inspections of the properties and that sort of thing to hold the guys accountable and take care of those issues.
2: Isn't that a bummer? You do like a great job and it's just like something you miss and then it just throws all your credibility out. It's like, you didn't see that little leak at the gauge. That sucks.
0: Well, I mean, if, let's say a pressure gauge is leaking, right? We replace it. Charge the client twenty five dollars um, and take care of it. If if we don't notice it and the client notices it, and we have to take care of it. I'm not charging free. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, we do that as well.
0: What has
1: worked for you in kind of training them? You know, especially when you're finding stuff in the field that they're not catching.
0: Uh, it, it's a constant uh, learning experience and a constant education. Right? Is what I'll do is when I do notice something. And there's an issue going on with the pool that should have been caught. Uh, maybe the client calls me up and says, hey, can you come check this out? My heater's not working, as an example, right? I get over there and I haven't been to this property in six months. I'm, I'm going to check all the equipment, make sure everything's working. If I do notice that leak, then that is uh, it's a training moment, right? It's an education moment. First of all, have the conversation with the client. Not with the client, with the, with the text and, hey, did you notice this? If you did, why didn't you report it? And then that's something we're going to talk about at the Friday morning meeting is, you know, hey, make sure, and we had this just like two weeks ago, uh, this week, what we're really going to look at is we going to look at leaking pressure gauges and filters in train plugs. If those are issues, uh, we have plenty of them in stock and storage, go ahead and bring them with you. Let's get those taken care of. Do, uh, does everyone on your team have a wrapped
1: vehicle uniforms, all of that stuff?
0: Yes, uh, With the exception of one truck <laughs> We recently got a new truck out About a month and a half ago Um, My son works for me full time now And he's driving that truck And a brand new truck with like 250 miles on it Had it for a couple days, we'd go out there And I noticed that the whole back Quarter is crushed
2: Uh-oh.
0: It's, it's like Someone backed into him, you can see where they backed into him And he didn't even notice it uh, So we're not sure where it happened So as soon as we get that fixed, then yeah. Yeah, they'll hop around. So. If he knew any of my guys, the answer is it happened at Home
2: Depot. Because <laughs> whenever there's damage on any of our trucks, the story is always it happened in the Home Depot parking. That's the go-to excuse there. You know,
1: I know there's a lot of industries that deal with this, but it still just bugged the shit out of me that I always see pool service companies around town and they just look so sloppy. I mean, there's uh, nothing on the vehicles that... Shows who they are. Trucks are dirty as hell. They look totally thrashed. And you, know, you see them at the gas stations or Home Depot or anywhere else like Flip-flops, that. Flip flops, tank top, torch. Yeah. Shorts. And it's like, man, like take pride in what you do. You might not be the owner, but I always say this like, I had worked at Pizza Hut, minim- making minimum wage. Like, took pride in that. My shirt was supposed to be clean and tucked in, and, you know, all the things that you're supposed to do. Like, these are life skills that you're going to use somewhere else. If you don't plan on cleaning pools for the rest of your life, maybe you'll own a company or move on to something else. But these are things that you're going to learn and take on somewhere else. Hopefully there's people listening that will, you know, take some initiative, you know, just because you're not the owner, like get aggressive, watch those YouTube videos, even though you're not the owner, get your truck organized, like bring something to the table.
0: Right. And I'm a big believer in brand. I, I got the hat. I got the shirt. My truck is wrapped. Every, everything matches, right? Because I want that brand of this is a high level service. They, I know what to expect when I look at them. Now, I have a very good friend who doesn't have wrap trucks. And he's like, you know what? I I have the business I want to have. I'm not out there trying to market for more business. And, you know, I, I, I don't want... To always have that brand on my truck as I'm driving around town, so I understand that there's both ways. But I know what you're talking about. That guy in the truck with a, you know, 1994 four a Toyota four x four that's seen its better days and it's just a mess. It I I remember when I first got in the business and I you, you notice these trucks that you never even noticed before, right? All of a sudden, everyone has a pull truck when you get in the business, and I would notice that I would take pictures of like all this stuff just. Hanging over the the sides of the bed, and you know, take a picture and put it on the Facebook group and say, "Whose truck is this?"
2: That's when you Photoshop the AZ Pooltex thing onto it. You're right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah,
1: feel like uh, the sloppy trucks, man. That yeah. gets me every single time. They always have an oversized shirt, like the neck, you know, is like like drooping down, and it's just like all bad. I'm like,
2: it's funny that Where'd there's like a from? there's like a stereotypical like. If you could draw a picture of like a pool guy, there is like a certain guy that fits that mold.
1: As much as we I hate it, it makes it so easy for the ones that are doing it correctly and want to be professional. Like to get a haircut and wear the polo and, you know, have a clean vehicle, whatever it may be. They stand out so much as you're being compared to that. It's crazy. Like in next door, I'm always listening at the chatter from homeowners on what they have to say about pool service companies. Of all industries, pool service
0: seems to be the one that gets like hit the hardest. You know, I, I wonder that at times, but I think we we believe that because we're in the industry. I know that I have a, a friend that's a landscaper and he tells me the same thing. So I, I think that it is the same among all industries. There's an out, upper echelon of people who are always trying to hone their craft, improve, be professional. Then there's a huge group in the middle that, this is my job, I'm showing up, I'm getting it done. And then those ones at the bottom, they just don't care. And they really give the business a bad name. What
1: do you got that's uh, upcoming? You excited about anything?
0: Well, I'm excited about this hair Butler. I mean, we're still early on in this thing and um, I'm kind of on pause right now. I- I'm taking on new clients if- as they come, but I'm not really doing any marketing. Um, I haven't done hardly any marketing at all for my business. Over the years, it's just kind of grown organically and through my contacts with builders and that sort of thing. Um, But I am excited about getting to that point next spring where I really turn on marketing. Uh, Tommy Mello with A1 Garage, uh, Grant Cardone, these people that I I follow and listen to quite a bit. And, you know, I've learned a lot about marketing from them and what I want to do. I just haven't been in the position to implement that. And I'm looking really looking forward to doing that in the spring. You're going to
2: put a IG up for Backyard Butler, like separately, or are you just going to put it on the big family?
0: You know, I'm I'm still trying to find it, figure out how this is going to go, because I can almost see this now becoming its own business. Uh, in Even if they don't have a pool. Right. Even if they don't have a pool. Yeah. Because everything that we do in that backyard is for any entertainment backyard, whether it has a pool or not. Yeah, and, It would be great for
1: like Swimply. And Airbnb, you know, simply oh, like yeah. the Airbnb for pools. I think it's going to
2: crush.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And everyone I talked to about it's like, oh, I've never heard anyone offer something like that. That's great. And I've started talking to a little bit, not quite a lot yet. Started talking to property managers and stuff is, hey, we offer this service too, especially if they manage like Airbnbs and that sort of thing. Yeah. You'll be dog poop. No, actually dog no. poop's not VRBO.
2: Like everything the VRBO people need is like a yeah. turnkey. Like, right. yeah. that's Cool.
1: It just, it's one of those, like, it's a great idea, but you still need the sort of infrastructure, the people to, to make that happen. Right.
0: You do. You do. And uh, a couple of days ago, I was in the backyard of a client and he's like, Hey, do you do uh, turf cleaning? I'm like, uh, not yet, but I think we're going to start looking at it. So I went on YouTube, started looking up turf cleaners that they, they, they're amazing. The little machines that they have, they're not that expensive. The whole setup is like $600. Um, So I think that that's something we're going to do and start offering that too. Because we're already in the backyard. Most of these people have turf backyards, artificial turf. And we just start taking care of that stuff while we're there. So
1: awesome. You're just going to be tacking on stuff. They're going to be out there using the pool and be like, give me a massage.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Bring margarita mix. (laughs) Yeah. What I need, you know what I need? I need weed picker slash pool slash backyard butler. Then I'm set. They're going to look like the
1: dude that sells hot dogs and peanuts at the baseball game. Like you're just like pushing the lawnmower. <laughs> like, maybe the margarita.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, here we go. That's
0: awesome. But but it's all add-on services, right? So um, most businesses, they have add-on services that they can add on and sell extra things, right? We don't have a whole lot of that. Yeah, we, we can add on automation. Most of these pools I have right now, they have automation, right? We can add on heater, but most of the pools I have right now have heaters especially now that I'm working with all these high-end builders, these pools are all set up. These pools are all brand new. I'm not doing equipment installs for the next five years because that's not the the clients that I have right now. So I need to look at other ways. How can we add more value and, you know, have a bigger ticket? Um, One other thing I just want to take advantage of while we got you in the studio. So obviously
2: since, especially since we're working with a lot of the same builders, you got any Anything you're seeing out there that you wish we did differently that would help you or any errors or any input that you want to give to the front?
0: You, you not, uh, honestly, not so much. Uh, there are some other plumbers. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, so one thing I would like to see is, uh, I know pool guys in general hate in-floor cleaners. They hate them. They want to vacuum and everything. And I can't tell you how many pools I used to take over that had in-floors with a vacuum because they just shut off the in-floors. I... I love in floors. Uh, I like the design of them. I think when they work well, they work well. I think they should all be on a dedicated. I don't think they should be sharing a pump with that spa spillway and uh, taking, you know, pressure wave going, you know, two different directions. So are you finding that they're leaving that CVA cracked and beating the spillway and then running the in floor? Yeah. Yeah. That's what we've seen a lot of. And when you have glass tile. On your spillway, gotta run it. You, you gotta run it, right? So it's gotta be running all day and should be running most of the night. And so, when you're sharing a pump, you're, you're having issues. And that 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 was my biggest complaint with pools that I see is I think all in floors should be on a dedicated pump. Yeah, I agree with that 100. percent We try to push people that
2: direction as much as possible. What else? Anything else? How about? Um, let's see. Are you? Uh, do you like salt? Or what's your? What's your Favorite form of sanitation?
0: Uh a really good ozone system. Really good ozone. thirty five thousand hour ozone system. But I have to put hardly any chemicals in. Yeah. Um, whose uh, who's ozone dealer? Uh, like? Aqua Fusion. It has a great product right now, yeah. and I'm working with them. I'm actually have talked to them about maybe doing doing some joint marketing. Nice coming up. Uh, they have a great product, and you know y- you're spending. I'll be a lot of these pools five hundred thousand more on a on a pool. That that thirty thousand dollar add on for that ozone system, yeah, it, they they just they're wonders. You know now, ozone kind of has a bad name because everyone's used to those. I won't name a brand, but those little ones that go on the wall that put out 0. 0.74 grams or point nine. The quick cures, I'll mention it. In <laughs> <another time>. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they're they're garbage. They don't do anything, right? right? They're not putting enough ozone to get back to the pool, mm-hmm. and they're basically a marketing gimmick. You know the the way i like to tell it to clients oh yeah i have this ozone system you know can you fix this ozone system i'm like i'm not even going to touch that thing you don't want to spend 1000 to to fix that thing he's like oh ozone supposed to be the best i'm like yeah but it's like having a super pill right you have the super pill that's 500 milligrams of super pill you take it every day you're going to be extremely healthy for an extra 20 years right it's going to add 20 years to your life of healthy years okay great i take that 500 grams a super pill that super pill is really expensive so all the people start coming out with oh we have super pills too but instead of 500 grams they're five grams i mean it's not the same thing right okay it's called the same thing it has the same ingredients but it's not the same thing at all and that's what a lot of these ozone systems are yeah they're just not doing the job that they're supposed to be doing well it's expensive to do it right it is to have the, the right equipment to do it okay and again you know that's stuff that you know my mentors in the business have taught me, you know, by networking with them. And, you know, that is the biggest piece of advice I would give to people is find somebody who's doing what you want to be doing, not doing what you're doing and become friends with them, buy them lunch, buy them dinner, send them a gift card to steak uh, to steaks after you're done so that, you know, you can show your appreciation and stay in touch with them and learn from them because that's how I got where I am the backyard the backyard butler I kind of mostly developed for the most part. Um, I actually found somebody after I started doing it, I found somebody in Salt Lake City who's actually doing it. A pool guy there too. So I've I've kind of become friends with him. I'm gonna go up there this winter and spend a couple days with him to see what he's doing. Is that koala? Uh, is that who who is it? Uh Salt Lake City Pools. Oh, okay. I don't know those guys. And uh, a, 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 a SLC Pools and uh Oh okay. I think I do know those guys. Yeah familiar
2: with it yeah okay
0: so five people who are doing what you are doing if you're the smartest person in the room of whatever you're trying to accomplish that's not the place you want to be right you want to be in a room with five other guys who are all smarter than you so that you can learn from them and that's what i try to do is put myself in those positions great advice feel the same way yeah same here and besides for the uh ozone systems uh, aquafusions we're using right now um i I'm big into chemical automation or a salt cell. And I, I don't care which way you go, uh, but I think you should have something on your pool that is not a tab floater. I hate tab floaters. You won't find tab floaters in our pools. And uh, I, I'm a big believer in that because we all know how sanitation is, right? If, if, you're, if you explain to the client, okay, your chlorine level needs to be at a, whatever your CYA level is. It has to be at a two when we come back in a week, right? And you're in the summer. That means if it has to be a two, seven days from now, we're going to lose one part per million per day from the sun. Every time you get in there or your kids get in there, that's going to eat up a couple parts per million. So if we have to come back to a two, really we need to spike it to like a 20 and let it come down. And when you spike it to a 20, it's going to come down quickly. And then you've got to have some sort of sanitation in there on a regular basis. Where if you have chemical automation or you have a salt cell and you can set it so that you're dumping in so it's a two all the time, it's never spiking up or spiking low because it has that constant feed. It is a much healthier environment. And I, I tell clients, you know, what, what does chlorine do? It kills, right? And the more chlorine you put in, the more the more it's going to kill. The stronger it's going to be. So if we we have something that we're putting in this pool that kills things, I don't want to be swimming in that. Yeah, I know that it's okay to swim in four or five chlorine level, but when we know that that's what chlorine is doing, I really don't want to put myself and my kids into a situation where they're always swimming in a lot of chlorine. So anything I can do to lower the chlorine, and I look at chemical automation and salt cells as a way that we can lower that chlorine level. Another thing that we use is uh, we use boric acid in all our pools. Um, Shark pool does not have it yet, but there will once we make sure that everything's all set there. Is that a substitute for muriatic? No, boric acid is uh, borates. uh, Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just a form of borates that we use. So borates are in our pool to help... Uh, stabilize that pH and act as a buffer for that pH. Uh, it's also a good algistat. Um, it's not a algae side, but it's a good algistat. So it's going to help prevent any algae if there is a uh, low chlorine level. So, but also you you have the free available chlorine factor, where if your CYA is a hundred, right, you need to have seven and a half percent of that as your chlorine level to be effective. So now you have to be at a seven point five chlorine level. Well, when you have borates in there, if, if you have an adequate level, then it's 5% factor. So I can, and I as I tell the clients, we can add this mineral treatment to your pool. And when we do that, we can run your pool with one third less chlorine and still be just as safe and effective. So these are, you know, ways that we sell what we do and how we do and how we're different. Yeah. Um, but there are also ways that we can just make a healthier pool for the client. I like that. Do you like the oxygen system? Like the Aquafusion, I forget what
2: they call their oxygen one, but.
0: Uh, I haven't had a whole lot of experience with it.
2: Yeah. um, the, the...
0: It's
2: like a healthy sanitizer, right? Yeah. Because your body absorbs the oxygen through your skin.
0: Right. Oh, right, right. Okay. So yeah, the, the Aquafusion one, it has a micro bubbles in it, right? Mm-hmm. So that, uh, sorry, I misunderstood the question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it's it been great so far. Yeah. The clients seem to really like it too. The clients that do have it. Yeah. I was thinking about running one of those on mine. Yeah.
2: We'll see. I got to butter up Mike Lowe a little bit see if I can get what that kinda, for around 20
0: bucks. What kind of maintenance do you need to do on those things? So when we're scheduling uh, our service, I, I mentioned the sheet that I have, the, the matrix I fill in. One of the things I fill in is how much time we're going to be at property. So if we have a chemical automation or if we have an ozone system, we're adding in uh, about five minutes per stop. So it's not five minutes every single week, but over the course of the month, it will be. Some, some weeks is going to be just looking at it real quick. Everything's fine. Some weeks it's going to be 10 minutes. And again, chemical automation, again, I love, uh, whether it's IPS or IntelliCam, I love chemical automation. But I know a lot of guys I talk to, a lot of service guys, they hate them because it's something else that they have to deal with. And, you know, one of the uh, high-end clients that I have, I got because he called me and he's like, I need someone. I spent all this money on a system. I have two IntelliCams, and right, yeah, I don't know that they've ever been used. And I went out there, and he, he's right. He's had that pool for six months, and I think the guy probably used it for a couple of weeks and just stopped using it. Bummer. It, it, it takes tweaking. It takes you know a little bit of work, but once you in the system, it's not too bad. Guys who don't
2: understand it, just don't use it. I feel like that's how it is with the InFloor. They don't understand like w- sometimes when things go wrong, maybe it needs a gear cassette or whatever and they just abandon it and they just I hate InFloor and it's, it becomes a general a general mindset now. They just hate InFloor. And when it works, it works. You got to got to make sure it works. So take InFloor for instance. What do you suggest
1: somebody that doesn't know enough about that? If it were you, say you're a pool service company, mm-hmm. what would be like who would you call first to learn more about it
2: about InFloor? Yeah. So if you're a pool service company, so you're not dealing with the construction end, you call I would say call the manufacturer rep, yeah, or you, Dean, or call Dean,
1: because they'll point you in the right direction
2: too. Of right? course, they'll hook you up.
0: With the Even right if guy. they,
1: you know, say we're going to give you, you know, some links,
0: videos, whatever, but also you should reach out to Dean. So, so there are two major manufacturers in floors, right? There's A A, which is Riley, and then there's Paramount. We're, we're talking locally here in Phoenix, right? There's Riley with A&A and um, Brett with Paramount. They're both great guys. They'll both meet you at the pool. If you have an issue with it, they'll drop everything they, they they need to to meet you at the pool at a time that will work for both of you. And they'll go over and they'll teach you the whole system. That's how I learned, right? Yeah. I learned from calling the reps. Uh, you know, I can't remember, but will they teach uh,
1: members of your team on an ongoing basis too?
0: Yeah, so Riley has, you know... He, Riley's offered and I'm sure Brett would do this too to uh, come to our team meeting and you know teach us anything we know and answer any questions or meet at a pool right meet at a pool and go over a situation now we haven't had to do that because I work with the guys and I get a really good understanding of in floors now because we've been troubleshooting them so often Um, but you know they're absolutely willing to take the time but we get we get some amazing reps I would say absolutely one of the best things I did early on in my career was I called the reps for the major manufacturers. Uh, one of them, I asked him a question. He, I won't name names. He told me to go Google it, right? When you when you answer for a new guy is go Google it. Uh, I, he didn't think I did that before I called him. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, I stopped using that brand and I would never recommend that brand. But then we, I went to another one and another one. And they were great. Another one, you know, said, hey, here's my number. You know, I'll take any questions. Call me anytime. I'll help you out in any way I can. And then another manufacturer, you know, rep sat me down and said, hey, I'll buy you lunch. Let's sit down and talk. And they showed me all these programs they have to offer. Your reps are a great source of knowledge and they want to sell their equipment, right? Yeah. And if they want to sell their equipment, they're more than likely going to get out there and help you. Yeah. That's
1: but, a great yeah. point. It's a good way to get free lunch too. It
2: is. Yeah. I've done it a few times. This is the third time this week you've called me to go over this product. <laughs> hey, look, just restaurants, just give me a pain away, nicer, okay? Nicer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we do Red Robin? No, no. <laughs> Son of Ruth, Chris. Okay.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. Sweet.
1: Thank you so much, Dean. This was a fun podcast. I think people get a lot from it. Appreciate your time. Where can people find you?
0: Uh, I am online anywhere at Big Family Pools. I'm pretty active on instagram um my phone number is 480-390-0803 that's my personal cell if anyone has any questions they want to know how i made that transition to high end and started charging more um i i would gladly talk to them I, i've had i've had a couple guys ride with me before to say hey what do you do this differently come sit with me for a day you know we will right along in the truck for a day and this is back when i was servicing more Uh, But I would take them on and show them what I was doing. And sometimes they'd be like, like a blower. I I have a leaf blower that I carry with me. So whenever there's leaves on the deck, I blow it off, right? Because what's going to happen is as we leave, it's going to end up in the pool, anyways, right? So it's a little service that takes me two minutes to do that makes the client static. And uh, I I showed one guy that one time. He's like, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, well, then you're not going to charge more. It's just the way it is. That's awesome. That's a long way of answering how to get hold of me.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Love it. You're paying it forward. uh, Pulling a rich. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much, Dean. I appreciate it. Thanks, Dean. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. You can find everything discussed in this episode and more in our show notes below or poolchasers2.0.com. This episode was produced by the amazing Kyle Ald. I'm Greg Viafania and you've been listening to the Pool Chasers podcast.